Okay, طيب, let's begin. Okay, uh, first the introduction to Surah Al-Gawzar. Uh, Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay, so this surah is about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being given spiritual goodness. And we're going to talk about what that means uh, once we delve into this surah, inshallah. Uh, this is one of the few surahs which exclusively addresses the Prophet from beginning to end. There are a few surahs like that in the Quran, and this is one of them uh, that deals with the subject of the Prophet only from the beginning to the end. Why was it revealed? Uh, the reason for its revelation, uh, it is narrated that one of the enemies from the Quraysh, uh, he told the Prophet that because Prophet Muhammad did not have any sons that survived him, he would be cut off after his death, meaning he will not be remembered. No one will uh, uh, say his name. And he, you know, because that in that society at the time, you know, sons were a big deal because this carried your name. Daughters didn't carry your name. And uh, they had, and your sons, you know, kept your legacy. So in order to hurt the Prophet of some feelings, they basically, uh, they were saying these kinds of things that, oh, Muhammad is cut off, you know, uh, meaning he doesn't have any sons who will carry his name, his legacy. So he will not be remembered after his death. So this whole message thing that he's talking about the Quran and God and this like that, it's going to die with him. It's not going to survive him. Um, so in response, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this uh, surah down as a way to basically respond to them. At the same time, uh, to defend the Prophet sallallahu alayhi and bring him comfort. Uh, sometimes, uh, many times, actually, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals certain verses in order to comfort the Prophet sallallahu alayhi because he's being emotionally targeted uh, by the Quraysh constantly. So we see that throughout the Quran a lot where the, the Prophet, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to uh, console the Prophet sallallahu alayhi with certain verses to bring him comfort and ease. Okay, Tayyip, let's begin. Um, Tayyip, who wants to read? Uh, okay. So, um, uh, indeed, we have granted you, O Muhammad, al kawthar Okay, uh, what does it mean? Uh, so, this surah it starts with an emphasis, right? Uh, so, this is so whenever in Arabic they start with this word inna or inna, that usually means like verily, certainly, you know, is to basically uh, tell the listener that there's no doubt about it in the. It's basically to indicate to the listener that there's no doubt about what's coming up. You know, there's no doubt about it. It's like true, but that beyond any doubt. Like, you know, even in English, we say this, right? We say, no, no, really, really, no, no I'm serious. You know, we say that, right? So in classical Arabic, they used to use the word inna for that, okay? To indicate like when you're really serious about something, you used to say inna. So the surah, it starts with an emphasis to ascertain that no doubt is left in this listener's mind as to what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is given. So they told him he's cut off. Allah saying, no, actually, we've given you something. Now, the Arabic word a'ata, it carries the following meanings. Uh, to give what is not expected, to give what is not expected, to give more than what is expected. Uh, both of these meanings are incorporated in the word a'ata in Arabic. Like in the classical Arabic, this, it, these two meanings are incorporated in the word a'ata, to give what is not expected. Uh, and, 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 and because the, uh, the Prophet وسلم, he was not expecting al-Kawthar, right? And then to give more than what is expected. And when we get to the details of al kawthar we'll see that it's like way, way, it's, it's like a huge type of thing, right? Um, it's way beyond his imagination. So this is the word Allah used. Um, now, the past tense is used, even though Allah has not given him al kawthar yet, it's not in his hands yet, right? Uh, but Allah still used the past tense. The a'ta here is used in past tense. Now, why is Allah using a past tense? Is to use it basically to emphasize that it's the done deal. Like it's, it's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. 
it's, it's as if it's all, it's as if it has already taken place. So that's what uh, the past tense is used. Okay, continue on with this uh, verse. Uh, the Arabic word al-kawthar. Now, what does al-kawthar mean? Linguistically, it means abundant good uh, or a great amount of good. The air in the air in the classic Arabic, they call that al-kawthar. When there's abundant good or there's a great amount of good. And Arabs, uh, they used to use this word to emphasize when something was so great that it was beyond their imagination. Like they couldn't even imagine it. Like it was so great, they used to use the word al-kawthar. Um, it was also used to indicate uh, the following things. Uh, when someone had a lot of followers in classical Arabic, they used to call it. They used to call him al-Gawthar. He's al-Gawthar, meaning he has a lot of followers. It's so like today in social media, when somebody has millions of followers, you would say al-Gawthar. Um, for a leader that has that had lots of good to offer. So when a leader who had like who was really just, really good, really nice, and he was like very giving to his uh, subjects, they used to call him al-Gawthar. Also, uh, a huge dust cloud in the desert during a sandstorm would also would also be called al-Gawthar. And there are many other now, but there are many other opinions. Uh, now, there are very there are many opinions on what exactly al-Gawthar is meant. So we know the linguistic definition from everything that I just mentioned above, but from a practical point of view, what is al-Gawthar? What is it exactly? There's a lot of stuff out there, uh, but the most popular and the most accepted amongst the uh, scholars is that it is, a, is it, it is in reference to a special pond in paradise that the Prophet will be given and it, it is called Al-Gawthar. It is very huge, very wide and uh, its cups are made out of rubies and like and, and the Prophet described it in beautiful terms like he said it's, it's, mil it's, it's, uh, it's wider than milk and it's sweeter than honey and whoever drinks from it even once will never go thirsty again for eternity. So, so this is something that Allah gifted to the Prophet And the Prophet also told us that, you know, to, to meet him at the Al-Gawthar. On, on the Day of Judgment, we will meet him at Al-Gawthar and he will give us from his pond to drink. So we ask Allah to make us among them, inshallah. So that is Al-Gawthar. So Allah is telling him, no, don't listen to these guys. No, Muhammad, you, will, you are given Al-Gawthar. Okay? Okay, next verse. Who wants to read? Assalamualaikum. Mm, good. So, uh, so pray to your Lord and sacrifice to him alone. What does that mean? Meaning, uh, oh Muhammad, uh, pray to Allah. Uh, uh, pray before your master and for his sake. I mean, pray only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that's happening to you in your life right now, you know, don't worry about it. Just pray to your Lord, okay? And do salah. Um, and when it is uh, so when it's time for salah, nothing else should mind. Uh, nothing else should uh, keep us busy. When it's time for salah, we should run to salah and do it immediately as soon as we can. Um, now, uh, it was a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu that whenever he was stressed about something, right? Whenever he was distressed and stressed about something or something was bothering him, he would rush to salah to find ease and comfort in it, because to him, you know, that was like everything like that. That would bring him so much comfort in his in his heart that it would make him stop worrying about whatever it was. And this is something that we've abandoned today now in, in our times where people don't rush to Salah when they uh, are distressed or stressed or, you know, uh, um, or, uh, or sad about something or depressed about something, they don't go to Salah. But salah is like an answer to this. Salah is a form of comfort when you do it right, when you stand before Allah, humbling yourself and facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and humbling yourself to him, reaching out to him and praying to him sincerely, then that should bring comfort to your heart and he'll help you with the situation. So this was the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah is telling him to go and pray. 
Um, okay. Uh, yes, okay, we discussed all this. Okay, now what's about this? Uh, uh, we, the word salah itself is also very interesting. In the Arabic language, the word salah, linguistically, it means to soften something and to and then straighten it out. In Arabic, that's called, that's the linguistic meaning of salah. Uh, in the context of salah, why is it called salah? It, because it softens and if you do it right, it's supposed to soften and strengthen and straighten out our hearts. That's why the word salah is used uh, for prayer because that's the linguistic, that's, the, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to soften your heart, just like it's linguistic meaning. Now, word, the word nahar, uh, the word nahar means the upper body or the slicing of an animal. Like when you cut it off from the from its head, it's called nahar, uh, literally slaughter. It's called uh, to when you when you eat the animal after you sacrifice it, it's called nahar, uh, the upper body of slicing an animal. And here in this verse is reference to the days of Hajj, when we go and we do either adha, we all sacrifice um, uh, and we uh, cut the meat and we eat it, right? Uh, so that's called uh, nahar um, in Arabic as well. Uh, so that's why some scholars said that this verse is actually referring to the Eid Salah. It's referring to the Prophet going to the Eid Al-Adha. Uh, yani he's doing the Eid Salah, and then after that, he's making sacrifice, and yani he's sacrificing something to eat. Uh, so that's why some scholars said this is what this verse is referring to, to eat it through uh, uh, Eid Al-Adha. The, the last verse. Who wants to read? Go ahead. Uh. Hmm, good. So, indeed, your enemy is the one cut off. What does that mean? The Arabic word shani'un. What does shani'un mean? It refers to uh, a sort of enemy that is that has like deep-rooted hatred for you, like somebody who hates your guts, right? So that in Arabic is called shani'un, okay? And this enemy hates you so much and despises you so much that there's no cure for it in their hearts. Like they're like so obsessed with hatred towards you that they cannot help themselves. So that's in Arabic, it's called shani'un. So Allah is referring to these people who are telling the Prophet ﷺ that he's going to be cut off. Allah is calling them shani'un. Like that's how much hatred they have towards you, Muhammad, that they are shani'un. Okay? They have they are, have this deep-seated seated, uh, hatred for you. Um, some scholars said this is, this is in reference to Abu Lahab. He's the one who said it. Uh, and the other said it was it's in reference to Abu Jahl. And both of these guys were like uh, in Mecca and they were they hated uh, the Prophet His own uncle, Abu Lahab, uh, also hated the Prophet and his message and um, was fighting against it and Abu Jahl as well. The Prophet said, Abu Jahl is the Fir'aun of my ummah. Okay, so he was that evil. Uh, so the scholars differ who it is exactly in reference to, Abu Lahab or Abu Jahl. The Arabic word Al-Abdar, um, Okay, uh, Abdar was used by the Arabs to refer to someone who had a lot of sons and uh, and daughters, but all of the sons died out and only the daughters remained. So they would call that Al-Abdar in Arabic. They would, in classic Arabic, they would call that Al-Abdar. He's cut off. So this is the word that they used. So Allah is telling him, no, Muhammad, it's the one who cuts you off. He's the one who's, who's Al-Abdar. Um, um, Okay, uh, now now there's a question here. Why were why were they considered cut off? Like why would why would uh, somebody who's in that situation why would they be considered cut off? Because of the following reason, which I mentioned earlier during the introduction, because daughters did not get in any inheritance or of share in uh, in during that time. Daughters did not carry the family name, right? So for them, it was like their legacy was forgotten. So that's why they would use that word uh, for uh, for abdar for for uh, for being cut off. Okay. Um, so now we get to the conclusion. This is verse. This surah is only three three uh, verses, 
So what's the conclusion of what do we learn from this surah al-Kawthar? Um, uh, yes, uh, so there's a difference of opinion amongst the scholars, which son of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa did happen with? Did it happen after, after, because we know the Prophet had at least three sons that died. Qasim was the first one, and there was Abdullah, and there was Ibrahim. He had three sons, right? And all of them died in infancy when they were still uh, toddlers. And uh, by the way, also another interesting fact, uh, all of the sons of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa uh, not all the sons, all of his children died in his lifetime except Fatima. She was the only one who survived him. Uh, the Prophet had a total of seven or eight kids, and all of them died in his lifetime except for Fatima. She was the only one who survived him, but even she only survived him by six months, and then she died as well. Um, so he buried all his children, with his, most of his children, uh, with his own hands. Um, anyway, Dave, so there's a difference. Which son was it that died after which the, uh, they called him... Um, Al-Abdar, was it Qasim Abdullah Ibrahim? So whichever it was, it was basically after the death of one of his sons. Uh, now, Allah is telling the Prophet wasallam that it is his enemies that are the ones that will be cut off and not him. He's, meaning they, will, he, they, they are the ones who will not have any legacy. But Muhammad's influence, it will remain, right? Uh, and these other guys, their legacy, their money, their land, whatever it is, it will be cut off, it will be forgotten. These guys will be just, uh, just, just some men who were remembered in history for the wrong things. But the Prophet وسلم, he is still mentioned today. He is not forgotten. He is not Abdur. He is still remembered till this day. And his name is so honored that it is it is mentioned with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever we say the kalima, Allah's name, Muhammad is mentioned with La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Right? Ashadu la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. When we say the azan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, ashadu la ilaha illallah, ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Right? So Allah gave him that honor. Wherever, whenever Allah's name is mentioned, Muhammad's name is mentioned with him as well. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he is actually not al abdar um, Some scholars also said that it means that uh, their hearts will be cut off. Yani Allah is saying that it, those enemies of his who are saying these things, their hearts will be cut off from guidance. They will never be guided to the straight path. So this concludes uh, Surah Al-Gawthar.